Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans. And today is the feast of Saints Joachim and Anne, the parents of Mother Mary. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord God of our fathers, who bestowed on saints Joachim and Anne this grace, that of them should be born the mother of your incarnate Son, grant through the prayers of both that we may attain the salvation you have promised to your people. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses made his way back down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, tablets inscribed on both sides, inscribed on the front and on the back. These tablets were the work of God, and the writing on them was God's writing engraved on the tablets. Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting. There is the sound of battle in the camp, he told Moses. Moses answered him. No song of victory is this sound. No wailing for defeat this sound. It is the sound of chanting that I hear. As he approached the camp and saw the calf and the groups dancing, Moses' anger blazed. He threw down the tablets he was holding and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He seized the calf that they had made and burnt it, grinding it into powder, which he scattered on the water, and he made the sons of Israel drink it. To Aaron, Moses said, What has this people done to you, for you to bring such a great sin on them? Let not my Lord's anger blaze like this. Aaron answered, You know yourself how prone this people is to evil. They said to me, Make us a God to go at our head. This Moses, this man who brought us up from Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, Who has gold? And they took it off and brought it to me. I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. On the following day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a grave sin, but now I shall go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. And Moses returned to the Lord. I am grieved, he cried. This people has committed a grave sin, making themselves a god of gold. And yet, if it pleased you to forgive this sin of theirs, but if not, then blot me out from the book that you have written. The Lord answered Moses, It is the man who has sinned against me that I shall blot out from my book. Go now, lead the people to the place of which I told you. My angel shall go before you, but on the day of my visitation, I shall punish them for their sin. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. They fashioned a calf at Horeb and worshipped an an image of metal, exchanging the God who was their glory for the image of a bull that eats grass. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. They forgot the God who was their saviour, who had done such great things in Egypt. 
such portents in the land of Ham, such marvels at the Red Sea. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For this he said he would destroy them, but Moses, the man he had chosen, stood in the breach before him to turn back his anger from destruction. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Alleluia, alleluia. The Father gave us birth by his message of truth, that we might be as the first fruits of his creation. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put a parable before the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the biggest shrub of all and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and shelter in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour till it was leavened all through. In all this, Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he would never speak to them except in parables. This was to fulfill the prophecy, I will speak to you in parables and expound things hidden since the foundation of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so there's a lot going on today. Today's the feast of St. Joachim and Anne. So uh, they're the mum and dad of Mary, uh, and therefore the grandparents of Jesus. Uh, And because of this, yesterday, the Sunday closest to the feast of St. Joachim and Anne, is designated by Pope Francis as a day of prayer for grandparents and the elderly. Um, So, you know, that certainly merits a pause to think about our own grandparents and to pray for them especially. Um, But we've been going through the book of Exodus for the last uh, few weeks. And we've come to this next episode. Um, We hear about this uh, golden calf. And gee, this is an important moment. Uh, And I think it's worth us pausing and actually digging in and seeing what's going on. Because where we left off from Saturday, the last reading we had from the book of Exodus, we heard about the covenant which God entered into with the 12 tribes of Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai through the ministry of Moses, this great mediator. And we heard about uh, an altar that was built by Moses and uh, they sacrificed bulls on it and Half the blood was spilled on the altar and half the blood was flung on the people. And this was a sign of belonging to God. He'd given them what came to be known as the Book of the Covenant, a sign that this is how Israel would live. This would be the sign of their belonging to God. And from there, 70 elders go up with Moses and Aaron up onto Mount Sinai and there they dine with God. He puts a feast on for them. This covenant was a sign that indeed they're a family, that God has taken them as his own. And what do families do? They feast. The banquet that is thrown for them on Mount Sinai is a sign of the covenant. Now, pause for a second. There's a sacrifice on an altar and then there's a meal. There's a banquet 
where God feeds his people? All of this is speaking about the Eucharist, isn't it? It's all the reality of having been brought into one family through the sacrifice of the covenant, and that covenant being lived out as God feeds his people. Now, after this banquet, though, Moses heads up the mountain alone again for another 40 days and 40 nights. He will receive the tablets of the Ten Commandments inscribed by God. And he gets lots of instructions. Instructions on how to build the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, you know, this, this magnificent golden container which will hold the tablets of the Ten Commandments. How to build the tabernacle, which, you know, is the tent of meeting where, where the Ark of the Covenant will stay. Uh, and the place of God's holy presence. Uh, and also the altar. Now, here's where we get to the golden calf bit. Because while Moses is up on Mount Sinai, you know, fasting for these 40 days and 40 nights and talking with God and receiving these detailed instructions from him, uh, what are Israel doing? Well, they're at the foot of Mount Sinai still, uh, and they get a bit impatient. They make a demand of Aaron the priest. And they say, look, we don't know what's happened to Moses. Probably dead. Uh, So... Can you make a God for us who will go at the head of us? A God who will lead us? All right, so there's a lot going on there. First of all, God has just entered into this covenant with Israel. And Israel have pledged that they will obey the commandments that God had given. And what was number one? You shall have no strange gods before me. Gee, it doesn't take them long to break the first one. The most important one. They figure if Moses is dead, then, you know, they're left without a leader. But remember, it wasn't Moses who brought them out of Egypt. It was God. God is the one who rescued them from Egypt, not Moses. So even if Moses was dead, guys, what are you doing? Second of all, what about Aaron? Mate, you know, where's your spine? Where's your backbone? Where's your ability as a priest to stand up in the face of the demands of these people and say, no, we worship God? Now, what's the deal with the calf then? You know, that calf doesn't come out of nowhere. It's not like, oh, let's just pick a calf. No, it's something that goes back to Egypt. The cult of Apis. Makes sense, right? You go back to what you know. You go back to the worship of the Egyptian gods. Now, this young bull, what's it a sign of? Power, youth, strength, all of that. But also a sign of fertility. A strong young bull getting all the cows pregnant. And what's it made of? Well, Aaron asks for all the finery of the women to be given, their earrings and those sorts of things. It's made of gold. And what's gold? It's a sign of wealth. So there you've got the classics. Money, power, and sex. All rolled up into one little idol. Now, bear in mind what's happened. When God rescued his people from Egypt, he did so by means of ten plagues. Now, these plagues aren't random. What happens is that all of the pagan idols of the Egyptians are declared to be dead. 
by means of these plagues, right? They thought that the Nile was a god. And so what does the Nile do? It runs with blood. You know, they held the sun to be god. And so the sun is eclipsed. Finally, Pharaoh was held to be God. And, and you know, the tenth plague, the, uh, the angel of death that passes through the land of Egypt, slays Pharaoh's son, the son of God, right? Declared to be dead, not God. Well, the fifth plague is a pestilence of livestock. Going through and killing horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, right? The Egyptian god Apis, this golden calf, was already declared to be dead. The Lord, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob, has shown his hand by drawing them through the waters of the Red Sea, by bringing them to the foot of Mount Sinai and by entering into a covenant with them. You worship me, you belong to me. And now what do they do? Turn back to this ancient idol, to power, to wealth, to sexual pleasure. Now, Aaron, the priest, uh, the people force him to make the golden calf, right? So he says, okay, well, let's have a feast to, you know, the Lord tomorrow. <laughs> He's trying to stuff the genie back into the bottle. He's trying to say, okay, well, well, this is really just worshipping God, right? Uh, but it's not. It's the golden calf. They make sacrifices to the golden calf, and then they have a great big party. The people sit down to eat and drink, uh, and then we hear that they got up to amuse themselves. Now, let's read a little between the lines. A fertility cult? People getting up to amuse themselves? It's probably not a stretch to imagine what they're getting up to. It must have been quite the scene that Moses stumbled on. God tips him off and says, Oi, go back to the people. They're making a mess. And indeed they are. I think sometimes we fail to understand the reality of what's happened here. You know, we read the book of Genesis and hear about Adam and Eve eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of evil. And we just sort of go, oh, gee, that was a bit of a slip up. That was a bit of a blue. Uh, you know, and then we hear about this golden calf and we think, oh, gee, that was a bit of a mistake. Guys, come on. Can't you do a little better? Um, these aren't small moments. Having drawn us into covenant relationship with himself, that we turn our back on God the one who gave us life, the one who nourishes and sustains us, the one who rescues us from slavery, the one who has entered into a family bond with us. Now remember what the covenant was. Moses took these young bulls. Notice that, right? He took these young bulls, sacrificed them on the altar, took the blood sprinkled it on the altar, and then sprinkled it on the people. This oath is a blood oath. We belong to each other. I give myself to you, and I receive the gift that you make of yourself to me. Now, what happens when you break that bond? If I'm entirely in your hands, but I break that bond, what do I lose? I lose myself. This oath is a blood oath. What has Israel said? I am yours, cross my heart, hope to die. Well, they've broken the covenant. 
And so soon, too. But they've broken the covenant. What's the upshot? The just consequence of this unfaithfulness is death. It's kind of Adam and Eve all over again, isn't it? The just consequence is death. It's funny, in speaking to Moses, God keeps calling them your people, as if they now belonged to Moses. <laughs> and Moses, he's, he's no fool. He throws back and he says, no, 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 they're your sons and daughters. Moses does some real wheeling and dealing on behalf of the people. He prays and seeks for God's mercy. Now, I don't want to give too much of a spoiler alert, but Moses here, He hasn't taken part in any of this sinful apostasy. He's the innocent one. And he's the one who pleads with God. He says this, I'm grieved. This people has committed a grave sin, making themselves a god of gold. And yet, if it pleased you to forgive this sin of theirs, but if not, then blot me out from the book that you have written. Okay, spoiler alert. Moses, pleading on behalf of his own sinful people, willing to suffer the consequence of the sin that he didn't commit in order to reconcile God and sinner. Does that sound like anyone you know? If the just penalty of breaking the covenant is death, then there is one who is taking upon himself the just punishment for a sin that he did not commit on behalf of the people who did. So stick around, because this is getting interesting. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen.
Thanks for praying with us. And may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.